Here we go, everybody. We're here for the Sermon Recap Podcast. Guys, how are y'all? Splendid. Splendid. Ooh, Matt, splendid. how are you? Sweet and low. You're sweet, sweet and low. Sweet and low. <laughs> you said splendid. Not splendid. I know. <laughs> Righty then. Greg, tell us what your little girl said about Matt in the last <laughs> podcast. Let's hear it. They were talking about it before, and I said, save it. Let's I'm do it on the podcast. So uh, uh, my youngest and I, Faith, we were watching the, a little bit of the uh, recap last week. And so we're watching it, and all of a sudden, Faith looks over at me and says, Dad, why is Matt just sitting there not saying anything? So uh, we... <laughs> So we thank you, I, Faith. I kind of laughed a little bit about that, and now the goal is to make sure that Matt has ample opportunity to be able to speak during this podcast we want today. Everyone to know that Matt Karst is more than just a prop. He's more than just a pretty face. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> so much more. That's my worship pastor right there. That's your worship pastor right there. That's him. Guys, I gotta go. So, <laughs> Matt, what would you like to say today? Let's yeah, just, just make it much, about Matt today. Ooh. How much I enjoy this. This is just the highlight of my day. Is it? That feels insincere to me. <laughs> Wait, I keep it simple, sir. Apologize. Oh goodness! I'll just do a lot of head nodding today. Mm. Good day yesterday. Good day on Sunday. Uh, worship was great. Uh, good crew in there. We were joking around a little bit. Our eleven thirty service. <laughs> They were into it yesterday, man. They were talking back. They were responsive. Uh, wow, they were they were going. I think uh, eleven thirty was. Uh, they were preaching at me yesterday, so there you uh, go. that's fun. It is, but uh, is that you saying cut that out? <laughs> no, no, okay, not a good. bit. He'll tell you to cut it out, and that's why we keep Matt quiet right there. <laughs> that's it. Uh, uh, it was good to have you back. Uh, it's great to be back for Sunday back, back there. after yeah. being gone. So it was fun. Yeah, good to have you back and up on that platform and, and sharing the word with us. And uh, I'll tell you something: when you don't do that for three weeks, you kind of you know once on Thursday night and three on Sunday. When you don't do it for three weeks, when you come back, it's like man, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really felt that way. Felt like wow, I'm doing this again because <laughs> I've been out of the loop. That's uh, Three weeks is about as long as I've been in 30 years without preaching on a Sunday. So yeah. it's like, wow, this is a lot. So I was tired yesterday. I bet so. After vacation. Hey, well, you know what? Get a little bit of rest in there, hopefully. So the idea was is that, you know, we had talked about it before you went on vacation, that uh, we, we kind of had it kind of mapped out the series that you were going to do when you mm-hmm. came back. And yeah. it was going to be about rest. And that's still back that's there. That's how that worked yep. out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I uh, had, you know, somebody may or may not have graphics and, you know, everything ready to go. Yep. May or may <laughs> not have had that ready. The yep. pretty face had the, the graphics had ready. The graphics ready. <laughs> but uh, no, but while you were, while you were on vacation, um, you really uh, had received a word that you felt like was for you, obviously, but it also wasn't just for you, but it was for our, our whole church. Um, and uh, you talked a little bit in the message about where you were at and how that word kind of came to you. I'm curious um, how that, you know, what that really meant for you, just as an individual. First of all, before we dive really into the message, uh, what did that, you know, what did that do for you? What did that, what did that, what did that word do for you? That hey, I've got every detail uh, of your life taken care of. What did that do for you? It gave me a whole lot of peace. You know, uh, it really did. It was very, very uh, liberating to know that somebody's in charge of all this and it's not me. Hmm. And I've had to go back because I, I always do it, and I guess most of us do. You 
get a word and you get peace and then the worry starts to creep back in. <laughs> sure. And I've just had to remind myself, and the Lord has reminded me again and again since that time. That's been about a week ago, two weeks ago, um, that I first heard that. So many times I've had to go back and say, hey, remember, he's got every detail planned out. So just means the world to me not to have to be in charge of all this. You, you start feeling the weight of things, mm -hmm. you know, um, when you're parenting children. You know, I was behind a bus this morning on my way to the gym and I was watching moms and dads drop their kids off to the bus. And I thought, you know, I don't do that anymore. I'm not in that rhythm anymore. But you know, they feel the weight of this. Parents can feel like, man, I'm responsible for these two or these three or these 10 lives, you know. And uh, then you've got your job, you know, mm -hmm. you've got your marriage, you've got so much spinning around. And it's so easy to feel like, I've got to hold all this up, you know. I've got to keep all this going and I've got to figure all this out and what's coming next. And that can become so overwhelming to people, the weight of all their responsibilities. And it, for me, uh, that's, that's true for me. There's times I feel overwhelmed even now right. with the responsibilities, but uh, it's really liberating to know that I can place those burdens on God. When you, when you say, um, you know, being able to lean back into that and remember, hey, mm -hmm. he's got every detail. And, but then you also talk about the worry side of it. And that's kind of that, where I find myself at times as well is, okay, God, I know that you've got everything taken care of and you're, and you're in control here, but it sure would help me out a lot better if you would just tell me how you're going to do this, <laughs> how all this stuff is going to work out. What have you found to be uh, helpful for you when you don't necessarily have the how? but you've just got to keep reminding yourself. What, what, what has been helpful for you not to drive yourself insane trying to figure out the how? I don't know. I still try to figure out the how um, too much, you know, when I'm reminded just to trust. Um, I guess I'm placed in situations a lot that I just don't have a clue of how this is going to work out. Um, that's probably not the good answer everybody's waiting on, but um, it just helps me at times just to get quiet and to acknowledge God's presence in the moment yeah. when I'm worried, okay. to get that's quiet, good. to sort of quiet my mind and my heart and just acknowledge God's presence and just release that to Him when I don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's fairly often. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's good. I mean, I think oftentimes we find ourselves in places. If we're honest about it, we really don't know what to do. And yeah, I know I'm supposed to trust God on this, but also on the other side of this, I'm also trying to figure all figure it all out. Um, so yeah, being able to quiet your mind and, and release it to Him, that's good. Well, I think there's power too in being able to really look back at all the times you felt that way, and somehow you're where you're at right now because He's been faithful. So to be able to look back at, he showed up then, why wouldn't he show up now? I think mm -hmm. it's a powerful place to, mm -hmm. when you quiet your mind and yeah. get yourself in that place, remind yourself he's been there before. I'm sure there are people listening right now who, who are just overwhelmed and just don't know what to do. Yeah, They really don't. Um, I, was, uh, I went through a drive-through this morning and there was a young lady came out and she was obviously in some distress. She'd had a really bad day already and I talked to her for just a minute and encouraged her just a little bit there from the car. And uh, I thought of this when I left uh, and I didn't say it to her. It's one of those things you think I wish I'd said, sure. but I've learned in those situations um, to 
when I don't know what to do, the first thing I need to do is focus on what I can do. I don't need to feel like I'm a victim of everybody else's choices, and sometimes you are a victim of others' choices, but I don't need to wallow in that. I just, And I don't need to concern myself with waiting on what I need you to do or need you to do. I need to focus on what, what I can do right. and making sure that what I do is the right thing. And if I do that, I'm going to stay on the right path and I'm going to end up at the right place. That's good. I can't control what others do. I find right. myself sometimes in a in pastoral ministry and in anybody's job. You're going to find yourself in swirling situations when it's complicated and there's a whole lot going on around you. And um, I've just found this to be uh, really important for me. What can I do? What do I control here? What what choices do I have to make? And uh, what's the next right thing for me to do? I like that. It's good. Yeah, we got there eventually. Right. Took yeah. us a little while. Hey, no, no, that's good. I mean, I think, I think that's a, you know that's 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 where we find ourselves just being real, being honest, and, and dealing with life is that you're faced with so many times of not knowing what to do, and oftentimes it is that you are leaning into or having or find yourself waiting on somebody else's decision or found yourself held captive by somebody else's decision. So answering the question, what can I do in this? What's the right thing for me to do in this? Um, and moving forward in that. Jesus put it this way. He said something really profound. You know, we're talking about following Jesus. The disciples had something going on, and I'll probably talk about this this coming week. They had something going on that I think we're envious of sometimes. Following Jesus for them sometimes was just waking up in the morning and seeing where he went Right. physically. I mean, you wake up, there's Jesus, you know, sleeping across the campfire there or Really, he was usually up and gone praying. A lot of times <laughs> yeah. it was. Anyway, he's gone somewhere. A big part of the day, they were just finding Where'd he go? Where'd he go? You know, where is he now? Peter, wake up! I, I really believe it was that way. I believe they woke up and like, oh, where is he now? <laughs> and then they would just find where he was, and then they would just follow him. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the book of John, there's this rhythm, at least early on, there's this rhythm of uh, Jesus does a miracle, and then John says, after this, he went down to Capernaum. He his mother, his brothers, his disciples, they didn't stay there many days. Um, you know, then he's at the feast of Jerusalem. Then I think John 1, it says, following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip. A big part of their deal was just waking up and Jesus walking off somewhere and they just followed him, right. you know, physically. And I think sometimes we're envious of that. It feels like that would be easier than what we have. But Jesus told the disciples something. He said, it's important for you that I go away because if I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come and He's going to dwell in you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty important to understand that Jesus in us is even more powerful than Jesus beside us. You know, or Jesus physically with us. He's actually living through us by the Holy Spirit. So, so our role is just to follow Him and to do what He calls us to do every day. And, and that's... Uh, Back to what I started to yeah. say, Jesus made this statement. He said, I, I only do what I see the Father doing. He had that rhythm in his life. Right. It, was, it was daily. He was talking to the Father. And I, I think Jesus was saying, Father, what are you up to today? Are, are you doing something in Samaria? Are you doing something in Galilee? Am I going to Capernaum? Am I going here? What are you up to today? You know? 
Yeah, which I think drives home your kind of where you started this weekend with just how following Jesus leads you to that simplicity. And I really do think we overcomplicate it sometimes. Like how, I guess my question in that would be, what is the, how do you get your heart in that spot that it seems Jesus was obviously always in, so in tune with him, that where are you at today? Where are you leading me today? I think y'all are enticing me to go ahead and preach Sunday's message here. But I, and I we don't, will. Don't, we don't, 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 don't take the bait then. Make us wait. <laughs> I'm not going to run away from it. I think, uh, I think you, have to, you have to set your heart. There's a commandment that says from Paul, set your affections on things that are above. Mm. And if you set your affections on it, you will hear it. You will hear what you set your affections on. It's like right now there are all kind of signals coming through this room right now, you know. Uh, there are all kind of broadcasts and everything everywhere. I guess most of it's internet now, but <laughs> you know, for years it was like radio signals sure. and yeah. TV through the air. You only got those if you tuned into them. Mm -hmm. You know, you only got them when you were on the right frequency. And I think whatever you set your affection on, you hear. And I think Jesus' affection was so set on the Father that he could hear what he was doing. And that could be anything. I'm amazed as I read through John. Um, it's like Jesus at one moment's at a wedding, you know. One moment he's over here in Samaria, you know, ministering to a woman who's had four or five broken marriages, you know. And, and then he goes to Jerusalem and he's making a whip and driving money changers <laughs> out of the temple. I mean, how varied is that? Yeah. He's down here with this broken woman. And uh, then the next day he's... He's literally beating the backs of money changers. I'm like, wow. That just goes to show you that uh, he was following the Father. In a moment, the Father wanted to manifest his mercy towards this broken woman, but the Father also wanted to manifest his holiness in the temple yeah. to drive out those who were misusing it. You know, And Jesus just followed him. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. I thought it was really good. Okay, my bad. Fantastic. Sorry. We're going to edit that, and splendid. it's going to be splendid is what it is. <laughs> Even in there. It's just raw, just like it just is. Just raw. Not only did you say uh, that following Jesus brings about simplicity, but you also said that we have to lean into self-denial. That is not something that we are very good at. I'm not. <laughs> um, in our world, in our culture, self-denial does not necessarily seem to be something that we uh, that we celebrate all that much, and we certainly don't teach how to how to be people who deny ourselves. Even though uh, Jesus was extremely clear in what it meant to be his disciple and to follow follow him, you know, uh, and you brought that out yesterday. So, for us as followers of Christ, how do we deny ourselves? Uh, one way is we fast. Okay. That's I very... don't like that answer either. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. Neither do I. Yeah, not as many people got excited over the self-denial part because you just don't hear a lot of it. I yeah. don't think anymore you hear much of it. It's almost like um, it, it's so easy, and I guess anybody with a heart has been guilty of this probably. It's so easy to kind of make the gospel this self-help thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you go in a bookstore and there's the self-help section, which I usually love. I go to that section. 
because we're really about self-development and discovering who we are and living to our fullest potential and all that sort of stuff. And, and there's nothing, I guess, inherently wrong with that idea to better yourself and improve yourself. It, it's not the gospel, though. The gospel is not about you uh, discovering your true self and... It is in a sense, but it's, and I've talked about that in a sense, and we're going to talk about identity in a few months, but the purpose of the gospel is to lay down your life to follow Christ, you know, and it's a, it is a thing of self-denial. Nobody wants to lay their life down. When he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Right. I mean, those were the first two, and follow me came as the third thing. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you want to follow me, here's what it's going to look like. You know, at the end of that whole story when um, we were talking about John 21, you know, on the beach. Yeah. Um, I didn't bring this out yesterday. I didn't have time yesterday, you know. Time was so short yesterday. and. Uh, I See how I didn't say anything? I was, <laughs> I was waiting. Nope. <laughs> every nope. Not taking the bait. <laughs> it was overtime on Thursday night, and yes. I cut stuff out. Yes, I really did. did. It was longer at, at 9, <laughs> longer again at 10.15, and the longest at 11.30. At 11.30, 11 30, we just didn't pay attention. At 11.30, nobody cared anymore. Anyway, I did not include this, but I could have, that... Um, when they're having that whole conversation on the beach, you know, we we um, there, there's a romantic quality to it of mm -hmm. romanticizing it and dramatizing how great it is for Jesus to restore Peter, you know, and all that. And it was so powerful. Um, they get into this little debate about what's going to happen with John, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. Uh, there was a rumor uh, that back then that that John was going to not die, right. you know, and. Uh, he was going to be there till Jesus' second coming and all this. And uh, Peter got talking to Jesus about it. And he said, well, what about him? Mm -hmm. And uh, basically Jesus said, don't you worry about him. You worry about following me. But he told Peter something that's uh, so interesting. He said, one day you will, you will follow me in something because uh, men will stretch forth your hands and take you somewhere that you don't want to go. And uh, essentially, he was talking about the fact that Peter would be crucified. Right. I wanted to say this yesterday, but uh, I said so many difficult things yesterday that I, I didn't put this in as well. But it was like uh, this whole following Jesus thing and Peter following Jesus, both of them got crucified. Don't forget that. Yep. Both of them. And uh, when we follow Jesus and receive his life, we're also conformed to his death. The death has to work for the life to work. We die to ourselves and live to Christ. Right. That's the only way this thing works. We have to die to us. So, how do you deny yourself? Okay. When you're really ticked off at somebody and you want to hang on to the right to be angry, you have to die to that. Hmm. That's one way. Yeah, sure. When you want something to eat, we're not talking about starvation here. But when you fast, you're literally saying no to one of your strongest impulses sure. is to eat. And when you push away food and talk to God, it develops a spiritual muscle. Right. And I think 
I'll only speak for me, I am so accustomed to saying yes to myself as much as I can that it's really good for me sometimes just to say no. Right. Following Jesus will lead you to self-denial, though. I'm just telling you, if you, if you in your heart really want to follow Him and you talk to Him, He will lead you away from just doing what you want to do. And so I think, and I think that verse about taking up your cross and following me is probably one of those verses that we underuse in church a lot of times because it's hard to hear, but it's like, I think so much of our, I know we talked about culture and it being about a self-discovery, but I think the church, not necessarily upward, but just the church as a whole has, it's kind of crept into the church. Like, who are you? Who are you called to be? You know, what does God want to do with you and your life? And it's more of, I feel like, what do you want to do with me? Instead of positioning it, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Hopefully that made sense. But. It does. That's a really good distinction. Instead of discovering who you are and what you want to do with your life, discover you know who He is and what He wants to do through you. It's a whole different thing, yeah. you know. It's really good. All the ideas of uh, filling, fulfilling your potential and all that, that has some basis in truth. It just can get out of whack. Sure. really can. For me, um, you know, I talked about yesterday that I have uh, a need to be liked. I've had to identify that in my life, you know, some, for some reason I, I feel like everybody needs to like me and um, I need to keep people happy. So I'm, I'm, I'm a recovering uh, people pleaser, you might say, <laughs> just wanting to make everybody around me happy and wanting to fix everything around me. That's one of my biggest struggles, really is. I struggle with that so hard. I want to fix everything. I was in a restaurant the other day and I, I talked to a, I, I go to some counseling and uh, got a great counselor and I was talking with this counselor about it. I was sitting in a restaurant and they were understaffed and uh, I was trying to eat and uh, trying to, or trying to place my order and I was just gauging everybody in the restaurant as to how upset they were. And uh, I started just to get up and try to help the person. I really right. did. I, I knew a couple people in there and I started just to get up and say, hey, can I, this guy needs, can I get him a fork? He's really upset. And I was just watching the room and I just had to realize that's not my job. As much as I want to help, that's not my role in every place I go to fix everybody. Yeah. I say all that to say this, God is calling me to die to the need to be liked. Mm. You know? it's mm -hmm. good. Because I know some of the things I'll have to lead, and this is true for you and for everybody listening, some of the things you're going to have to do uh, are not the most popular things you're going to do. And you're going to have to be willing not only for people not to like you, but for people to hate you. Yeah. And you have to die to that. That is part of the call of discipleship. Welcome to the podcast, where we like what? to encourage you. <laughs> and we started off joking around, and now we're, whoa, we really got heavy here. Yeah. It is heavy, but it's it's it real. Um, it is. This is, I mean, this is what Jesus invites us into when it comes to following Him. Now, uh, yeah, there are days where it's tough and it's hard, but man, there are so many uh, wonderful blessings that come on the other side of that as well. When you get to see people being baptized, mm -hmm. 
when you get to see and hear people talk about how Jesus has changed their lives. Yep. Had a guy come up yesterday, told me how many years he had been sober. Wow. Had a lady come up yesterday, and uh, she kept the Easter invitation card that someone handed her some years ago. And she said, I keep this in my Bible because this is why I'm at Upward today. Someone handed me this invitation card to Easter. And she had the lady that invited her with her. I, in fact, I took a picture of them with the card. And just to see how their lives have been shaped as they've, you know, uh, been serving Jesus with us. I mean, those moments are so joyful and they're worth all the heartache. There you go. I tend to forget the heartaches. I really do. I tend to forget the heartaches and I remember the joys of it. I really do as I look back that's and, and that's a good thing. Yeah, Maybe not yeah. everybody does that, but I, I just look back and think, man, I, I'm doing this now for 20, almost 26 years here, 30 years altogether and uh, almost 30. And um, I look back and say, man, it's been so much fun. That's good. It really has. I've had the most fun. That's cool. So follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back next week. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for being a part. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We always welcome your questions. Uh, if you would, uh, send us a message. Send us some questions. We'll be glad to answer it as we go a little deeper. Thanks so much again. See you soon.